I think we can all come to an agreement. We love to watch sports. And I don't know about you guys, but for me, a game is 10 times more exciting when I'm putting my money on it. Sometimes I have a gut feeling about a matchup, and sometimes I'm just betting on my team because they're my team. Regardless, whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of person who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. With pro football, college football, and MLB playoffs in full swing in both hockey and basketball around the corner, now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in the action. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, mybookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR, C-H-A-I-R, to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Hey folks, here we are, another episode of Full Count Chaos. Appreciate you tuning in. I always say every week I love getting you guys involved. Uh, anyway, you can reach out to me, email, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I don't care. All the good shit. Just send it my way, uh, whether it's negative or positive, whether you're angry at something I said or, or you agree, whatever it is, I love getting you involved. Well, this week, a Nationals fan. Not happy with me at all. And he wrote in and expressed it. Does not like how I've been speaking about the National fans, although he did say he's an Orioles fan. So I don't know how I feel about that. I, I have a pet peeve of people who are like that. I, I love the Orioles, but I like the Yankees too. Or I'm a Ravens fan, but, you know, I root for the Steelers. I don't know if it's that dramatic. Someone's an Orioles and a Nat fan. Same state. Either way, I don't like it. So I'm going to get to that in just a minute. Got some October baseball to talk about. Uh, also, <laughs> you know, anyone who says uh, alcohol, you can't blame everything on alcohol. Well, you can blame alcohol on a lot of shit. A lot of stupid shit that you do out there. And his name's Jacob Nix. You may have heard about it. Got in a little bit of trouble. Pitches in the minor league. So I'm going to get to that in just a second. Some Gary Thorne talk. Uh, actually, before I get to this article about this minor league pitcher, try to break it in someone's house. You know, I try to suggest every now and then movies or TV shows, stuff on Netflix that I came across that I think you might like. My wife and I, we went to the movies. We saw The Joker. Holy hell. <laughs> that movie is not uplifting. Very dark movie. I enjoyed it. My wife, not so much. Uh, she also is not big on comic books. Neither am I. I I don't think... I maybe read a half of a comic book my entire life, but watching Bat, all the Batman movies, hearing all my friends who are huge fans of the comics, I hear them talk about... So I had an idea about Batman, but holy shit. And, and we knew it was going to be a dark movie... Before you walk into the theater, there's warnings on the door that says the Joker, the movie, is not your typical comic book movie, so please don't bring your kids. I mean, basically warnings. And when we saw that, we're like, Jesus, what kind of fucking movie were you about to walk into? They're warning people like, hey, listen, this is some dark shit. This is not the Joker that you remember back in the late 80s with Michael Keaton. I don't know. A lot of you may be too young for that. 
I still think the best Joker out there is Heath Ledger. God rest his soul. My God, he did such a great job. But I'm sure Joaquin Phoenix is going to be nominated for this role. But you walk out of that theater like, ah, not, you know, I got to go home, watch Cartoon Network. Put uh, one of my classic comedies on, on Netflix, maybe some wedding crashers before I go to bed to feel better about myself or, or feel better about life in general. <laughs> Does not give you positive thoughts. But if you're a Batman fan or a Joker fan or just a, a fan of, I don't know, a drama that's what you want to call it. You'll enjoy it. And obviously, there's some Batman references. And, you know, it ties into the comics and the movies, obviously. But my God. Whew. Whoever wrote that movie was just like, all right, this here's what we're going to do. We want people to feel depressed and sad when they leave this theater. That's what they did. They did a good job. So check it out. In my opinion, I think you'd like it. Uh, before I get to the email of... Uh, the <laughs> The Nets fan who's not happy with me. Minor league player. His name's Jason Nix. Plays for the San Diego Padres uh, minor league, California league. Well, you want to find a way to fuck up your career. This guy decided to go out with one of his teammates, I guess, drink until they completely act like jackasses. The other guy's name's Tom Tom Cosgrove. They were both arrested Sunday for trespassing through some random guy's house. He was trying to, uh, this guy, uh, what's his name, Jacob Nix. He tried to get into this guy's house by crawling through a doggy door. Wait, what did you say? And the resident, who was home, good for this guy, kicked him in the face, brought out his stun gun, <laughs> shot him up with that. And he's like stuck in the doggy door. His his friend, I think it's his teammate, yeah, it says Tom Cosgrove Col- played as well with him. He starts pulling him out of the doggy door to get him out of there. They start running. Police called him. <laughs> The police called him. He told the police he thought he was at his own home. Even though he doesn't have a doggy door, doesn't have a dog, and doesn't even live in the neighborhood. We're going streaky! Yeah, the police said, you have a dog? No. Where do you live? In my car. Well, what the hell is happening here? Like I said, I'm telling you, alcohol will make you do some fucked up shit, man. People say, oh, you can't blame it on the alcohol. Yes, you can. There are a lot of things that I did growing up doing stupid shit. You know, I, I think one of the first times I got completely destroyed, I think I was maybe like 15, it was Goldschlagers. Oof. And, we, you know, again, we were wasted at that time. I think I was hanging out with friends. We didn't really have our license yet, and I my stomach hurt so bad. And I just took a big old dump right on Route 40 in Catonsville. I'm sure uh, some of you are familiar with that area. I didn't care. And it was like 10 o'clock at night. I think we started drinking at like 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Just took a big old dump right where the, uh, I think, Double T Diner intersection was, right there on Route 40. Cars are honking, driving by. Just took a big old shit. I thought it'd be funny. You're a teenager. You know, that next day when I sobered up, if a friend said, hey, I dare you take a dump in the middle of Route 40 intersection, I'd be like, screw you. Hell no. So, yeah, guy's in a little bit of trouble. Not sure if we're going to see him ever playing the majors after a stunt like that, especially getting arrested. Some random ass shit. I don't know. I guess they weren't going to use them for the playoffs. And, again, speaking of the Nats, you, you know, after a while, you kind of just got to say, yeah, the Nats are the real deal. They're going to do it. Well, they're not going to beat L.A. You know, and then game five, there's no way they're going to go in L.A. and beat the Dodgers, and they're going to use Granky as a, a bullpen late innings, possibly a closer. And they do it. They win. Now, there's no way they're going to beat St. Louis. St. Louis is hot. They're a better team. 
what do they do? They go in St. Louis, win two to nothing. Take like, after a while, you just gotta say, ah, they're, they're gonna win. They're going to the World Series. So I have them playing the Yankees in the World Series. Kind of ironic. Bryce Harper, bye bye. Here comes World Series. It's like what the hell? I hear some people see. I told you, Bryce Harper. He he's a uh, he's a virus. You know, he's he, all the attention's on him. He's probably not a good teammate. Oh, shut up. Just sometimes the right things click. It's been a fun playoff run. I mean, all the games, but besides the Yankees, just rolling over on the Twins. What's that? 16 playoff games in a row the Twins have lost. Yankees win, uh, you know, they win 3 nothing, Three games to nothing. They won, like, last a month. They've been waiting forever. All the, all the players, they all went on vacation, started playing golf, waiting for Houston and Tampa Bay to get their shit together. It's unbelievable. The Rays Stadium. I was watching the other night, and... I thought at first when I was watching a, one of the game, it was game five in Tampa. I thought they had, for some reason, the tarp, like the whole upper deck tarped off, which I don't know why because I'm like, well, that's 50% of their stadium. Why would they do that? It's the playoffs. Of course, they're going to sell out. But then, no, they didn't have it tarped off. They just only had the stadium about 60% filled, it looked like, because there was about 1,000 people in the upper deck spread out. It was unbelievable. Or I'm sorry, that was uh, game four. That was game four, not game five. Game four, obviously. And I'm watching that like, what the fuck? How the hell do they have a team? I mean, nobody ever shows up, and somehow the Rays figure it out on how to be a good team. They're in the playoffs. They almost beat the Astros. Those two games to two. But I'm watching that like, how in the hell is there nobody in that fucking stadium? And then Glass now, you know. <laughs> He said there's a tweet that came out said it was obvious he was tipping pitches. That's what he said. He said he went back, watched the video because he shit the bed two and a two thirds innings pitched, gave up four runs. He's like, how the hell did that happen? They just said, oh, I didn't see the details of what he was exactly doing that was tipping the pitches. But he said, absolutely. I could see it in the video. I was tipping my pitches. I, you know, and I'm reading this. I'm like, shit, I think the Orioles pitchers have been tipping their pitches since 2017. The hell's going on with that? So that was crazy. And Tampa Bay rolls over the the athletics. Everyone said, oh, the A's, you know, they're playing in Oakland. The A's are hot. Tampa Bay, they're, you know, one-dimensional team. Absolutely not, man. That was impressive. Them going two games to two with the Astros. And then they showed Dodger fans after the Dodgers lost against the Nats game five. They were showing the Dodger fans uh, taking Kershaw's jersey, throwing him in the parking lot, and then driving over him. Unbelievable. Sport fans, crazy, mental, very forgiving, and they get very angry at you. (laughs) If you win on their favorite team, they don't care what you did. They don't care what you said. Next week, they hit a grand slam, bottom of the ninth, win the game. Everybody loves them. Ah, it's okay. Look, he doesn't have to love me, but we love him. He just helped my favorite team win. But there you go, Kershaw. And then there's a video that was trending of a Dodgers fan which it was towards the end of the game. I think it was the extra innings when it was 7-3 to three after the Grand Slam. And uh, Dodger fan walks down to the bottom of the steps and throws the Kershaw jersey on the field and then walks off, and there's security standing in front of him just looking at him. Like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> They're probably fans, too. They were probably pissed off. They're like, yeah, we feel your pain. All right, before we get to the email, I just want to say one thing. Guys, the pressure that we take sometimes on being able to perform at a top notch in the bedroom, it can get to us. It can get in our head, both heads, actually. 
But I'm here to tell you there's a solution. BlueChew.com. I'm going to hook you up with a pretty damn good deal here. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredient as Viagra and Cialis. So you know it works. You take them anytime, day or night, full stomach, empty stomach, doesn't matter. Whenever an opportunity arises, you're ready to go. BlueChew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Listen up. Right now, I've got a special deal for my listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment free when you use my special promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. That's it. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR. To try it free, Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and I thank them for sponsoring my podcast. All right, so obviously if you tune into my podcast every week or every other week or whatever, if you're just a fan and you tune in, which I appreciate, you know that I'm not a fan of the Nationals. I'm not a fan of their their, their fans. I've told the story a million times. Every now and then. I'll bring it up, and obviously the Nats are playing in the playoffs, and I was rooting against them. I've explained why I'm not a fan of them. The experience that I've had going to national games, it was uh, it was a little different than if it was Boston, New York, and I'll explain that, but here's the email from Sam. He writes in and says, Hey, Nate, I want to start off by saying I'm a huge Orioles fan and have been my entire life, though my second favorite team is the Nationals. He says, my mom's entire side of her family are diehard Nat fans, and I have also grown to be a huge Nationals fan myself. This year has been extremely exciting for my family and I, and we will be rooting for them until the very end. Well, no shit. He says, my bone I want to pick with you is why do you always make it sound like the Nat fans are the worst in all of baseball? How can you say the Nat fans are worse than Red Sox and Yankee fans? At least the Nat fans actually have something to be upset about with Angelos stiff-arming the D.C. fans from having a team for so long. He says, I just feel you're way off with your opinion about the Nat fans. You got to drink every time he says Nat fans. I says, all, all fans act like idiots, even Oriole fans. If you're not a fan of the other team, their fans will always sound obnoxious. Try going to a Yankees game one night and then tell me Nat fans drink are the worst. He says, you're just mad because Nats are playing October baseball. All right. It's shit. A big bag of shit. I'm an Orioles fan and a Nats fan. Get get the fuck out of here. First off, calm down there, sensitive Sammy. Appreciate the email. But again, bringing that Angelos argument in is just fucking stupid. He made a business decision. And I'm not going to get into all this shit with the mass and dispute and why Angelos... Uh, didn't want them having a team. It's obvious. He made a business decision that made complete sense at the time. If he could fight his way for them not to have a team in D.C., that also makes sense. It's business. It's nothing personal. Until you've owned a business, until you know what that's like, knock it off with Angelo stiff-armed us. What, he stiff-armed 5% Nat fans? I mean, you're acting like there's national fans sitting there waiting for a team. 90% of those fans were Oriole fans, probably even more. So it wasn't like he was keeping an entire state away from enjoying baseball. <laughs> Sorry, that part, I don't know. It's like, come on, I get your gripe. If, if you're a Nationals fan and you don't like the way I'm talking about the fans, go there. Don't tell Angelos. At least they have something to be upset about. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I've never said Nat fans are the worst, by the way. 
I, I've said I've never had fans get angry with me for rooting for the Orioles when they did well. It wasn't one time, Sam. It was two times, two separate games, two separate nights. And you made a good point there, Sam, when you said, look, all fans are going to be obnoxious to you if they don't root for the same team. That's a great point. And I've sat next to Yankee fans. I've sat next to Red Sox fans. I've never been to either stadium. I know a lot of people that have. It's the same thing. Yeah, they're obnoxious because they're yelling, they're hooting, they're hollering when they come into your stadium. They're sticking their tongue out at you every time they do whatever. But at least they're not yelling at you if you're in their stadium for rooting for your team. And when I was with a friend of mine, when that happened twice, same person, two separate times, he's been at Yankee Stadium. He's been at Red Sox Stadium. I think he's been to like 20 different stadiums. He said he'd never had that happen before. And it was like all game. Every time we cheer, they turn around. They're like, you, you guys make me sick. You're visitors. Actually, you know what? I take that back when I, I said, I never said the Nat fans are the worst. I think they are the worst. You know, I'm sure Yankee fans, Red Sox fans, whoever, they feel we're, we're terrible. They, they feel we're obnoxious when we go in their stadium. And anyone who has two favorite teams, I don't know. I have trouble taking them seriously. I have one team. That's the Baltimore Orioles. That's it. All right? If if they're not in it, all right, I might root for somebody. It's because I'm really rooting against that other team. People who have two favorite teams is like uh, having a just-in-case team if one of the two doesn't work out. That's my opinion. I could sound pig-headed. You could completely disagree with me, of course. I'd love to hear from you, but that's how I feel. I got one team. I got one team in football. I got one team in baseball. I got one team in hockey. I root for the Caps. There are teams in baseball that I, I, I like to watch. That if they're playing, I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see them win. That'd be cool. But I, I just don't have two favorite teams of anyone. I have one favorite team, and that's it. But, Sam, I really appreciate you reaching out. Talking about your frustration. You made some good points. Especially the one about all fans are obnoxious if they don't root for your team. That's true. But bringing in the Angelo situation and... Saying Yankee and uh, Red Sox fans are worse, I'm going to have to say no. Though when they come in our stadium, they are terrible. When when the Nat fans came into the stadium, they were really bad, I heard. I didn't go to any of those games. But I had friends texting me like, man, these I think these fans are more obnoxious than Red Sox fans. <laughs> it's good stuff. Good talk. Good talk, Sam. Appreciate the email. Again, you can reach me. Anyone can. Full count chaos at gmail.com. I like how Sam said, oh, you're probably mad because they're not playing in October. <laughs> what are you mad? Are you 10? You're just mad because I've been talking about this since I've had the podcast since day one. Anyway, speaking of the Orioles, towards the end of the season, or I think it was the last game, and I, I didn't understand this. And here's something else I'd love to hear from you. Gary Thorne, who I love dearly, and one of my goals is to, to have him on the show. I've never reached out to him to ask him to come on the show because I'm assuming he probably gets that all the time. People reaching out, hey, come on to my show. Come on to the podcast. But I should one day. I'd love to have him on the show. But he had a a little little speech right before the last game of the season for the Orioles. And maybe I'm in the minority of thinking like this, pertaining to Gary Thorne's speech. It was about a two-minute speech right before the, uh, the beginning of the game. And everybody, I mean, that speech was like trending locally on Twitter. And everyone thought it was like the greatest speech. It made me roll my eyes a little bit. Here's my thoughts on that. So Gary Thorne basically broke it down. And I'm sure if you're like me, you're getting tired, tired of hearing the words, be patient. We know. What else are we going to do? We're Oriole fans. We're always going to. I mean, we have another choice. Yeah, we're, we're, we're being patient. We get it. Be patient. We know about the rebuild. 
I still hear that. So the thawing went on. Here's why I kind of roll my eyes a little bit when people are just ranting and raving about how wonderful that was. Some people are saying, oh, my God, my eyes watered up hearing him give this speech. Again, I rolled my eyes a little bit. So he starts off with talking about be patient. It's a rebuild. Then <laughs> what got me laughing, he goes, you know, this is what the Orioles are doing. This is what they're trying to do. The da, 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 going down the list. And what made me laugh is he goes, the Orioles are right there. All they need is to get some good starters. They need to work on the bullpen. They need to get some good relievers. They need to find a closer. If they can get some good defense and some good offense and get a good designated hitter, the Orioles are going to be right there. And I'm like, what? <laughs> no shit. It's what every fucking team needs. <laughs> I heard that and I'm like, wait a minute, what? What did he, he just literally went down the entire list of what makes a successful ba- uh, uh, baseball team? So again, I'm sitting there, I'm watching this, and so far I'm like, yeah, no shit. And then he goes on to say, we still need to fill the ballpark. It's not about watching the Orioles win. Still go to the game. Still spend your money. It's not about watching the Orioles win. It's about it's about the process. It's, it's about enjoying the ballpark, eating the good food, having some drinks. Enjoying the scenery, enjoying the ballpark, which I thought that was nice. Basically saying, hey, your team sucks ass, but still please come and spend your money. Now, I may sound harsh saying that. I'd love to hear from you if you agree or disagree, but I'm just tired of hearing be patient. I'm tired of hearing, you know, come and still spend your money on on a shit team. Look, I'm a fan of the Orioles. I'm still going to go to the games. I'm still going to watch every game. I don't know. I, I thought that was... I mean, to say, hey, we know the team that you're going to come and watch is terrible, but still come and spend your money, $10 bottles of water, expensive-ass drinks, expensive food. Uh, It's about the experience. All right. I mean, you can still go to a minor league game, get the same experience, spend a, a lot less money. So maybe it just hit me the wrong way. Maybe these past two seasons kicked me in the face with sadness. (laughs) And it's making me grumpy. And we're not enjoying seeing these teams get beat that we love. So asking us to continue to come to the stadium, I get it. You know, they're not exactly going to be like, hey, we understand, guys. Uh, Hope to see you when the Orioles start doing well. It's a bandwagon fan. You don't want to do that. Like I said, I'm going to continue to go to the games and I'll still have fun. So I'm kind of just breaking down and comprehending what, what he's saying. And I'm like, all right, be patient. The Orioles need about 10 things to be good. Uh, Please still come and spend your money at the ballpark and buy food and drinks, and it's not about them winning. I don't know. Maybe some of you sitting here like, oh, well, it's because, you know, you you just don't understand, obviously. I I guess you don't understand what he was saying. You you didn't get it. You didn't get that he was trying to break down the process of what's going. All right. I'd love to hear from you. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Love myself some Gary Thorne. Love him. Love to have him on the show, but I just, uh, I, I guess I wasn't with him 100% on that. <laughs> just thought it was a little odd that it was trending on Twitter of people saying that was the most inspirational speech they've heard all year. Okay, each of their own. And speaking of fans not piling in Camden Yards, I'm sure you heard, and I think I've mentioned it here before, after 28 years, Oriole Park Camden Yards only averaging more than 16,000 fans per game. That that still seems kind of high. But they had the lowest attendance, again, in 28-year history of Oriole Park at Camden Yard. So, of course, with the rebuild, they're not doing well. They obviously want to get fans in the seats. So I'm sure you heard, too, that they 
the, some of the players sent out letters to the season ticket holders. And I don't know exactly how many season ticket holders they sent these letters to. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cool. And they put your name on the letter. So it's not just some generic letter saying, hey, thanks for your support. You know, love the Orioles. Uh, for example, one of the letters written from Dylan Tate. This letter says, Larry, I appreciate your support in being a season ticket holder. As you probably have seen, there is work to be done. Something I've learned this year is that one's outlook on any given situation has a lot to do with the result. I'm confident that things will improve. Progress is progress no matter how little. The O's are moving in the right direction. Thank you for your continuous support. Go O's, Dylan Tate, number 55. Pretty cool. If I got a letter like that and it had my name on it and it was written from one of the players, I would think that would be pretty neat. I'm wondering... If Chris Davis wrote a letter, you know, dear Frank, sorry you had to watch that shit show and me play like a complete ass all year. P.S. Doesn't it make you mad knowing you'll never make as much money as me ever in your entire life? Love, Chris Davis. So just another thing. The Orioles are basically saying, please don't forget about us. Come to the park. Support us, which I know they will once these players start coming up. Mount Castle, Adley Rushman when he comes up. I'm betting that the first day... Adley comes up, plays in uh, Camden Yards. It's a sold-out crowd. With the excitement around this kid, first-round draft pick, he's basically one of the first moves of the rebuild, hearing all year how great this kid is. And speaking of catchers, and I hear this conversation a lot, obviously when Adley comes up, if he does well, which I'm assuming he will, he will be the Orioles' starting catcher. Now the backup catcher, Chan Sisko, most likely. Seems like what will be in the routine. Though, I got to say, and I'm sure some of you can agree with me, far from impressive behind the plate. And I pulled up some stats on Cisco catching behind the plate this year. One of the stats I saw, it said, of the 57 catchers who made at least 10 pickoff attempts at second base, Cisco ranks 53rd in pop time with 2.09 seconds and ranks 47th in arm strength, 79 miles per hour. Uh, The average pop time is 2.0. Now, pop time is a time taken from the instant a pitch hits a catcher's glove to the moment it strikes the glove to the infielder, making the catch to try to tag out the runner. So he's not exactly lighting it up with some stats back there behind home plate. And then Cisco finished with a 2.10 average, eight home runs, 31% strikeout rate, was worth negative .2, F4 in 59 games. He hit just 168 with a 299 OBP after the All-Star break. You know, he wasn't known for his defense, and a lot of people were thinking like, okay, but he's going to bring it with his bat. And I don't even think he's doing that, because when he's at bat, just his body language, he looks like he wants nothing to do with baseball. He looks like he's the coach's son. He doesn't want to play. His dad's like, well, get out there. You're playing, son. I'm tired of you playing video games all day. I'm signing you up for baseball, and you're going to like it. So I don't know what's going to happen with Chan Sisko in the future. I know if he keeps playing the way he does, he's not going to be on a major league team for much longer. But, you know, when you think catcher, you think Adley Rushman right off the bat. So I'm excited to see who's going to be in the World Series this October. I'm going to, again, talk about it for the next couple weeks. I still think it's going to be Yankees and the Nationals. I think the Yankees are going to sweep them. 
Maybe the Nationals are going to sweep the Cardinals. Again, I said it earlier. At what point do you just throw up your hands and say, you know what, the Nats are the real deal? Uh, it's, you know, ironic. No Bryce Harper. Hello, World Series. <laughs> it's just sports, man. It's a crazy. It's crazy shit. That's why we love it. That's why we watch it. Hope you're enjoying the Ravens season as well. I I am. I know they're three and two right now as I'm recording. Uh, they don't con. They're not very convincing that if they do make the playoffs, they're, they're not going to make a run. Although the year we won in 2012, it was the same way. They lost four out of five games uh, right before the end of the season. Everyone, same thing. Oh, I don't even know why they're going to waste their time in the playoffs. And there you go. Super Bowl champs. But again, I, I'm saying that, look, I, I shouldn't assume because you're an Orioles fan tuning into the show that you're a Ravens uh, fan because I actually have friends who are Raven fans and who love the Yankees. They don't like the Orioles. I don't get it. Over the years, I've just given up on trying to figure that out. I guess some of us were just a different breed. Uh, but these flags in the NFL, I know fans are always like, fuck that, I'm not watching it. I can't watch it anymore. It's unwatchable. And they watch it every week. I do as well. I say the same thing. This it's, it's unwatchable with the penalties. I don't understand. They decided this year to do uh, replay challenge uh, pass interference calls that's not working it's so weird it's so strange you're like we, we want to now when MLB did it there was a lot of calls that were reversed why because they wanted to get the call right easy that's it football <laughs> they're like we want to get the call right and then they still don't get it right I, I, I don't get that but hopefully one day the fans we do go on strike because with penalties it's unwatchable but with the Ravens going into, or, or the Bengals coming into Baltimore to play, you'd think, all right, they're going to take care of business. It's a division game. You never know. <laughs> if the Ravens lost to the Bengals, we'd all say the same thing. We're not surprised. They're a division team. So we've got October baseball. We've got hockey. We've got football. A lot to talk about coming up in the next few months before pitchers and catchers meet. <laughs> the countdown of next season. Hopefully we see Adley Rushman, but went over a few things this week where I'd love to hear from you guys. How do you feel about the Nats fan? He's all bent out of shape, pissed off at me. I'd uh, love to hear from you pertaining to the Gary Thorne speech. I mean, maybe again, you're someone who thought that was a, was a speech that brought uh, uh, tears to the eyes that I saw some people post. I, I, I didn't get that. But like I say every week, getting you guys involved, whether it's negative or positive comments, doesn't matter. If you're part of the show, I love it. You can reach me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Till next time, see you.